Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys with me as always is some of my very best friends since i was a very little kid mike manny how you doing and what are you drinking i'm doing well and tonight i am drinking some eagle rare bourbon Ooh, delicious. So what kind of shirt we got on today? We got kind of a, a nice American flag kind of motif going there. Uh, yes, I have a breast cancer awareness shirt, uh, flag shirt from uh, the Valhalla Project. Terrific. Josh, how are you doing? What are you drinking? And I see you're wearing Epic Nerd Camp. I'm doing okay. I got my second shot yesterday, so my energy level's a little low. I didn't get a lot of sleep, but other than that, I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. All right. And what are you drinking there, pal? I got a Julius from uh, Treehouse, my favorite brewery. That's and that's one of your favorite beers. At least it's one of the beers you drink very often. Tommy, my good good friend, how are you? What are you drinking there, pal? I am drinking some Arstone Scotch. It's delicious. What are you drinking? Tell me, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I got kind of a Lemmy uh, sidecar side deal going. I got a big glass of Diet Coke and I got some delicious Scotch or some actual Jack Daniels, I should say. So um, making making a lemmy in my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's one of those drinks that kind of comes back around to you, just like a boomerang. And today we're talking about Captain Boomerang. Josh, want to give us a little background on Captain Boomerang? Do I? Do you? <laughs> uh, so yeah, my impression of Captain Boomerang. He's a captain, and he uses boomerangs. That's the kind of hard-hitting factoids we need here. Good old George Harkness there. Uh, Probably came in. uh, I had to look it up. Looks like Flash 117 in 1960. So he goes way back. Um, He is uh, from Down Under. He uh, has a lot of trick boomerangs. He seems like a terrible villain for the Flash, in my personal opinion, because what's slower than they couldn't find a guy with an atlatl? What's slower than throwing a boom like? They could have got like balloon juggling guy to go after the Flash. Like, I'm First not really all, sure. Just say Captain Atlatl. <laughs> I mean, it yes. just does not flow off the tongue, pal. Oh, I bet it's just as good as Captain Boomerang. Uh, he, you know, he's one of those. Typical guys who does the criminal gang thing uh, and eventually ends up in the Suicide Squad since uh, I think that's where he should have been from the start. Maybe minus the squad. Because this character (laughs) is not one one I have a lot of respect for. How dare you, sir? (laughs) Do not attack Digger Harkins like this. Because I will say... He is one of the greatest rogues in Flash's rogues gallery. I'm lying about that. (laughs) I'm going to say he's one of the top 20. But he is one of the key members of the Suicide Squad. 
that's for sure. He his origin g- gets retold very well by John Ostrander. So originally he's just a dude who's looking for work and he gets hired by a toy company to be their spokesman. And he's like, oh, cool, I can throw boomerangs. Hey, I'll use this to commit crimes. It's the most bizarre shit because this guy who just happened to pick up a boomerang and throw it all of a sudden is a spokesman and a criminal and decides when he captures the Flash to launch Flash into space. God damn it, Mikey. That's what I wanted to talk about. All right. Well, you talk about it then. Talk about it. Now, look, I get that your thing is boomerangs. All right. But building a giant boomerang and strapping a hero to it and trying to launch it in space, shoot him. I'm not fucking around anymore. We got to start shooting people. Like the money it costs to build the boomerang contraption that throws them into space is insane. Also, if you have the technology to create something that throws a boomerang into space, just put that on ABC Wide World of Sports. Someone, world's largest boomerang is like a, a, a boon for any. You, you write Starbucks on it. You could. You could sell it to North Korea. They would buy that kind of technology. Yeah. But could, like, just think about the implications scientifically of sending a boomerang up into space, dropping off a satellite, having it come back, and catching it. Boom, you're done. China had that thing going this week, except they forgot to catch it. They forgot to catch the damn thing. The, the Maldives mountains had to do it. They did not use Captain Boomerang's model. They did not use Captain Boomerang's technology. Some of the technology he had was so sophisticated and so cool, he was just wasting it on petty crime. And he had the best job he could ever get as a boomerangist. Yes. He had the ultimate job. He was a spokesperson for boomerangs. You, that was you like made he had, he yeah. had like the best job he could get. And maybe that's why he turned to a life of crime, because he had already reached the acme of his profession. It's true. He really flat He threw the boomerang through the glass ceiling and he never stopped. <laughs> he was like, okay, what do I do for an encore now that I've reached the top of the boomerang game? I guess I'll become a criminal. I guess I will throw the slowest weapon at the world at the fastest man in the world. And we'll see what happens. So, you know what happens? He just he just goes around it, man. He just, he just he gets sees cut the, over and he over He sees the boomerang again. and then he just he's flash. He just he just goes around it. So a uh, little bit of backstory about Captain Boomerang. He grows up in Australia, and he does not know that the person he thinks is his father is not actually his biological father. Uh, his biological father is an American who uh, who uh, comes and gives him a job. Uh, well, let me back up. His biological father is a toy salesman in America, and his biological mother is related to Edward Thawne. She is a 30th century speedster who has traveled back in time for some reason and ends up having Digger. Digger is hated by his the person he thinks is his father, his father preferring his legitimate son. And eventually Digger is kicked out of the house uh, and his mom arranges for his biological father to come and give him a job as the spokesman for the 
toy company. Um, so his backstory has a lot more depth than original, and he's used in John Ostrander's Suicide Squad in an amazing way. Everybody fucking hates Captain Boomerang. Uh, that That is the one quintessential thing about Captain Boomerang in every iteration that you see him in. Whether it's in the Rogues gal- Gallery, whether it's in the Secret Society of Supervillains, whether it's in the Suicide Squad, whether it's just in line at a McDonald's, everybody fucking hates this dude. <laughs> Because he is a dick, uh, and he's but he's a consistent dick, right? He is a dick to everybody. Uh, my favorite storyline for Captain Boomerang is during Ostrander's run in the Suicide Squad. He there is a, a Tom. I'm stealing. Are you going to talk about Slipknot? No, I'm not going to talk about Slipknot. Right, I'm going to talk about Slipknot. Go ahead. I'm going to talk about the pie men. Somebody keeps on hitting members of the suicide squad with pies and they're all pissed. And, you know, they're all career criminals and killers and they want to kill whoever's doing it. And in order to cover up the fact that he's the one pieing everybody, he pies himself <laughs> to th- divert suspicion. And the reason that he's hitting everybody with pies it's because he's a dick. That's the only reason he's doing it. Boredom played a little bit of part of it. Uh, one thing I was allowed to say about him being a dick is just to test the theory, just to test the theory about whether or not there were bombs in his neck, he convinced a member of the Suicide Squad that there probably wasn't a bomb in his neck and that Slipknot should try to escape by climbing up a building real fast and getting out of range quickly. And Boomerang... Just goes, oh, all right, the bomb's real. <laughs> and he wasn't, he, he was neither fascinated nor uh, concerned or bothered in any way that his supposition was proved or denied by this experiment. He was just glad the experiment came to fruition. He now had an answer. <laughs> and speaking of him being a dick, he is so much of a dick that in identity crisis, when uh, the Adams wife is spoiler alert, if you haven't read this series from the, the 1990s or 2000s, uh, the Adams wife kills elongated man's wife, and in order to frame her, he's got to she's got to come up with a villain, and so she decides that she she's going to frame Captain Boomerang as the killer, and so. It, she knows everybody's secret identity because she's had dinner with everybody. And so she hires Captain Boomerang to go kill Tim Drake's father. But she wants to eliminate Boomerang. So she sends a gun to Tim Drake's dad and says, there's a dude who's going to try killing you. Covering all our bases. So that way he'll kill Boomerang and they'll think Boomerang has been the hero killer's fam- family member's killer, right? Uh, unfortunately, Boomerang succeeds in killing Tim Drake's dad while dying from the gunshot wound. And that is the end of Digger for now. Uh, it turns out in, in continuity, 
his son uh, that he didn't know he had takes over the mantle of Captain Boomerang. Owen Mercer. And Owen has super speed uh, in brief bursts. So he's able to throw boomerangs really fucking fast. Um, And he is the Captain Boomerang until they have the brightest night, darkest or darkest night, brightest day series uh, throughout the DC line. And during the darkest night storyline, all these dead heroes and villains are coming back as Black Lanterns, a.k.a. zombies. And Digger comes back as a Black Lantern. He's captured by his son. And in his zombie mentality, he's still able to convince his fucking son to feed him people because he tells him that he's getting more consciousness back the more people he eats. So the son keeps on grabbing people and throwing them into a pit to, uh, to help Digger come back to life. When Digger knows, even though he's a zombie, he's full of shit. And so when the rest of the rogues, caveat, he's full of people. Yeah. (laughs) I stand corrected. When the rest of the rogues gallery finds out about it, they're like, we don't fucking kill people because that attracts heroes and they push him into the pit and Digger fucking eats him because Digger is a bastard. And then he comes back as a white lantern for some reason, which is really weird shit. Uh, but in the new 52, he's he's the, still the same dick. He's just a lot more of a badass, uh, more of a mercenary than ever before. Um uh, LT, do you have a favorite Captain Boomerang? I do. I like uh, the Rebirth Suicide Squad, the oh. Black Vault story. Oh, yeah. Where, where Digger, everything goes wrong in this story. So Rick Flagg takes over the Suicide Squad as its leader. They're sent into Russia to infiltrate a secret underwater base. They're drop-shipped in from orbit because they're afraid that they're going to be detected if they go in by by air or by sea. So they're dropped in from orbit. Shit goes wrong. (laughs) Their ship breaks apart. They have one of the rockets that that Flag and Digger and uh, somebody else from the team are, are hanging on. And Boomerang says, okay, it's time to let go, and this will go right right towards the, the the base doors that we needed to open. It'll, it'll blast it apart. And Boomerang boomerangs this rocket that's firing underwater so that it loops around and blows the door open and gets them into the base. And then, just a few panels later, Boomerang is destroyed by General Zod, who's been captured in the Phantom Zone and escapes. And I think that's one of my favorite Boomerang stories. <laughs> Because several panels after that, we see Cosmonaut, and everybody knows that Cosmonaut is one of the greatest characters ever. (laughs) And that's why it's one of my favorites. I was thinking that's why. As soon as you said the first series, I'm like, you're you're only liking this because of Cosmonaut. (laughs) It's coming around now. I also love... I also love the fact that in the first uh, 
Suicide Squad. Eventually, he he's done enough missions, so he's freed. But he doesn't have anywhere to go, so he keeps on doing missions with the Suicide Squad because he wants to maintain his cover as being in prison so he can dress up like the Mirror Master and commit other robberies <laughs> so nobody will suspect it's him. And you know why he's doing that? Because he's a dick. <laughs> yep. He is just throwing off, like, yeah, yeah just throwing off uh, people off the trail and throwing his buddy, his fellow rogue, under the bus. But he had a long-time rivalry with Mirror Master. He, he used to fight over Gotham City all the time in, in the Batman books. He fought they, over Gotham oh, City in the Batman books? Yeah. Yeah, they did. I remember fighting Batman a few times, uh, but I don't remember it being a big thing with him and Mirror Master. Yeah, him and Mirror Master tried, tried several times to... Uh, to gain mastery over Gotham City, in which case Batman would beat the crap out of them both. You know, I'm not afraid of going into Gotham City as a villain. I don't think my first fear is the Batman. I think my first fear is the Joker and Penguin taking me out first, if I'm the new guy on the block. Yeah, there are a lot of sociopaths. In there are Gotham. Yeah, there are a lot of... There's just, it, Gotham's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I understand Central City, right? Yeah. The, the other rogues aren't going to kill you. Well, no, we no kill. Let's talk about the no kill policy of the Rogues Gallery. They try not to kill people because they don't want Flash to really come down on them. That's pretty smart. They had kind of a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. Like, all right, I'll use mirrors to like make cool effects and try to rob banks, but I'm not killing anybody. All right. And they have they have their own bar too, right? Yes. So I mean, they've got like a little social club. Yeah. I remember the prankster was hanging out there in the flesh. I had an interview him there once. <laughs> Are you off your meds? Uh, yeah. Uh, Trickster. Trickster, thank you. Prankster is a Superman villain who used to put uh, pull quarters out of Superman's ears. I thought that was the avuncular. <laughs> avuncular, damn you. I have your nose, and I want $14 million for it back. Damn you, avuncular! That is a deep, deep word cut. Sorry. Someday we'll get the Cosmonaut Superman fight that we all know should happen. That'll be a short fight. <sighs> Josh, uh, I know you're not a huge DC guy, but do you have a favorite uh, Captain Boomerang moment? Um, not really. I, I so I I am often baffled by his appearance, and I, I don't see him very often because I, you know, most of the books I read and. DC are magic, so he's not a he's not hanging around in those circles much, as, uh, as far as I can recall. So he has done a lot of other media as Captain Boomerang. In addition to being a spokesman for a boomerang company, he has been mm -hmm. in the Justice League cartoon. Uh, he's been one of the villains in Batman: The Brave and the Bold. He is in the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, both of them. Uh, he, he makes a very small appearance in the Birds of Prey videos that you like so much, uh, Josh, that you got all the videos for. Uh, there's a one poster of him is uh, in the background and Harley Quinn's walking by. Uh, Dr. Quinzel's walking by and goes, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the only time he's mentioned in the Birds of Prey, but I know you like Birds of Prey, so I thought I'd mention it for you. 
Uh, he is also in um, the Arrowverse as Captain Boomerang. And he uh, he's in a video game, the Suicide Squad video game that just came out. And in that one, they kind of combine him and his son because so, in the video game, he has super bursts of super speed. Well, they need to give him something in a video game. You can't just be throwing boomerangs yeah. at Superman. Yeah. Uh, do I want to play Captain Boomerang or King Shark? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is it's really hard to uh, be a dick in a video game as a superpower. Like, <laughs> unless they give him, like, a word tree. Like, hey, Holly, you know what would be really cool? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hey, if you run ahead, hey, that would be cool. <laughs> I like that in the Suicide Squad movie. He did the same thing to Slipknot. Yeah, that was terrific. <laughs> <laughs> um, Slipknot's superpower is uh, the same as Montenegro. Uh, all the power of a scaffolding. <laughs> Climb buildings really fast. But boy, those two guys really use that to, uh, to the good ability. So if you're wondering why we're this is the second podcast in a row where we have done a member of the Suicide Squad, it is because we are going crazy with Suicide Squad members. We are going to just plow through them, uh, insert poor idiom right there. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to fold these things in faster than flash on laundry day. Boom. I was going to go, we're going to go through them faster than Batman goes through Robins. Too soon. We're going to go through it faster than Marvel resets their volumes of series. You fucking right. go through that fast. There's, a, there's number yeah. one X-Men again. God damn it, Marvel. Damn it, Marvel. Um, so I forgot to mention that Boomerang has no superpowers whatsoever. Uh, other than Tricket, Boomerangs, which apparently he invented, so he is not totally dumb. He is a skilled marksman, and he plays a pivotal role because in every book that he's in, he is the antagonist of the scene. So even in a Suicide Squad, you need to have conflict in every scene, and he provides that even in the down moments. Yeah, I can't wait to see him, like, if, if like, the entire Suicide Squad is uh, facing, like, Cthulhu, you know, and um, Captain Boomerang is still going to be the guy they turn on. Like, you know, Cthulhu sucks, but fuck this guy. They team up with Cthulhu and beat Captain Boomerang's ass. Yeah. So do we need a Guy Gardner, Captain Boomerang team up just so we have the opposing oh my God, that'd be asshole so much fun. and that asshole? Oh my god, that'd be a great team up, dude. The two biggest ticks in the DC universe. And Just... Batman could punch them both at the same time. And knock them both out with one punch? Knock them both out. Yes. <laughs> one punch! Oh my god, this is the cop buddy movie we need. It just writes itself. Oh, yeah. the whole thing writes itself. And oh my. Dicks to each other. All right, here's my pitch. All right, there is a meteor. A giant meteor that is hurling towards a sentient planet. The Green Arrow needs, or excuse me, the Green Lantern, Guy Gardner, has to find Captain Boomerang, craft him a, a ring so Boomerang can boomerang the meteor so it doesn't hit this planet. And Boomerang doesn't do it. 
Yeah. But he does keep the ring. But he does, does keep, the, keep ring. the ring. Uh, he hawks the ring. <laughs> I think you're overthinking it. I think what we need is a shot-for-shot shot remake of 24 Hours. And that's it. <laughs> but with Captain Boomerang and Guy Gardner. Uh, now, what was the uh, Robert De Niro uh, movie? Was it Midnight Run? Where he's a bounty hunter and he captures the guy and he's trying to bring him back. Yeah, that was Midnight Run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that instead. I like 24 Hours. Nick Nolte and... Uh... Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy, yeah. Yeah, but Eddie Murphy is likable. Ah, see, we're going a different way. Ah, I see. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> we're going a different way on this one. <laughs> Any, any, All right, shout for shout remake of Twins. <laughs> Except for these two kids. Nobody's likable. Uh, everyone sucks. Any final thoughts on Captain Boomerang? He's one of those guys I, I, I never hate seeing in a comic book at least. I know he's going to cause some shit. I know the writing's problem. If the right writer has him, it's going to be kind of punchy and fun. And I don't dislike this character. No, he is a blatant racist. Like, his interactions with the Bronze Tiger, I can't believe the Bronze Tiger didn't kill him. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. But like I said, I never dislike seeing the character because I always know he's going to stir up shit and the ride is going to be fun. not saying I want to take him out for drinks. <laughs> but a good person to role play, uh, cosplay as, right? I've cosplayed as Captain Boomerang, old school Captain Boomerang, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. I like the one with the little pointy hat. That's what I got. <laughs> But I do have the new one, too. going to bust that out at some point. <laughs> All right. I guess that brings us to the front of the law box. Mikey, what do you got at the front of the law box for us? At the front of the law box, I have Casanova by Matt Fraction and Gabrielle Barr. It is about the world's greatest thief. This is uh, volume one that I read. Second greatest thief after Malik. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm saying in this universe. And there's a Malik in every universe, but all right. <laughs> uh, it's got rave reviews. It's it's uh, just not for me. Uh, I didn't think it was for me either, so. Yeah, I, um, I really wanted to enjoy it. I brought the nice hardcover. I sat down to, to read it this weekend, and... Yeah, it's. Uh, I I like mostly everything that Matt Fraction does. This just didn't do it for me. I didn't like the story. I thought it was uh, predictable, especially for a, a spy thief kind of deal. And I also thought the artwork was a little too weird for me. The artwork was too weird. Yeah, uh, Gabriel Ba has a very distinct art style, and I. I just didn't didn't click with me. Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. Tommy, what do you got in the back of the long box? I have Sam by Richard Marizano and Zhao Shang, uh, published by Cinebook. I love that you never go for the easy names. Good on you, Tom. You never come at me with a comic book by Fred Thompson and Will Smith. No, you always got to – you're a striver, and I love that about you, sir. Go on. 
So this is a classic tale of uh, a world that has been overrun by murderous robots that are trying to get rid of all the humans. And it's a story about this small group of humans that's barely eking out a world of, of survival, living in, uh, living in the tunnels underneath a city, scavenging for food. And this boy happens upon this giant robot with the letters S-A-M on it. And it doesn't kill him. And it actually, uh, it actually saves him from the murderous robots. And, uh, and it gets injured in, in its plate. And the boy fixes the robot. And it protects him for a bit. And then they lose track of it. And he's, he's convinced that this robot is going to protect him no matter what. And so he goes out to find it, and all all of his all of the remaining humans are like, "You are crazy! That you know, no robot is a good robot. They are all bad. We're gonna die. You can't leave this back to our our, our base. It will kill us." And it's just this ongoing story about how this one robot can can help save the human race, and uh, and it's told over four volumes, and it's a it's a good little story. Uh, about how humans fuck up the world. Hmm. Uh, see, I thought it was going to be just a short story, one issue, where after he fixes the robot, the robot realizes he's supposed to be killing all the humans and then kills the boy. Oh, yeah. Thanks they, for fixing that panel. It was making me do stupid shit. And I'm sorry. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, chop off your head now. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. There's so, a bad robot. Josh, look out. There's a bad robot behind you. What uh? What comic book company? Sam. Uh, Cinebook. Cinebook. Okay. Yep. Is that on Comicsology? Uh, it's not on Unlimited, but you can find the actual digital versions on Comicsology for buying. Yes. Right, cool. Uh, Cinebook should be uh, uh, one of those comic book companies that is represented by the puppet from Tick. Cinebook. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a tangent, and that's Josh's uh, main deal. Josh, got a tangent for us? Uh, yeah, I'll go pretty, uh, pretty light and easy here. So, I've been reading a, a new book called "Strategy Strikes Back: How Star Wars Explains Modern Military Conflict." Um, it's uh, edited uh, and it's it's essays by various writers uh, brought together by Max Brooks, and they use uh, just various scenarios in the Star Wars world to talk about the real world. It's pretty interesting. I like it because they're, they're short essays. You can read one and feel like you've finished something rather than get uh, bound up in a whole book sometimes. So it's just sitting by the bed, and I can pick it up and just read one essay. So uh, what's uh, give me another good book. What are people reading? We don't, but like a book book, not a comic book. A book book. All right. Book book. Uh, I just finished up uh, uh, Pirates of the Barbary Coast. I'm a pirate fan. And uh, this talks about the social and economic treaties that pirates would make with themselves and each other. Um, I just found out that uh, homosexual marriages on pirate ships were actually something that was pretty common. Métis was a French term for this kind of coupling. Uh, Métamis, which was the original term, which got shortened to Métis. Was uh, a main amis was uh, a male male couple on a pirate ship that uh, slept together, worked together, ate together, and pretty much functioned as a married couple in all things. 
it's a really interesting way of uh, taking a look at uh, pirate culture as being a lot more egalitarian than we thought of. Most pirates signed uh, the ship's documents when they first get on board, which said that they would be treated well and they would be given an even share of all plunder and piracy that was given to them. I, I really enjoyed reading this up. Deeper, deeper look into what a pirate's life really was, especially the Barbary Coast during this very small slice of time. So I am reading Patrick Rothfuss, The Name of the Wind. It's a fantasy novel. Uh, Unfortunately, I have the book and I am old. And it is very hard for me to read this book because I need my glasses. And even still, my eyes are so weak uh, that I can only read it a little bit at a time. Uh, See, these are my old man glasses. These are my older man glasses, which I used to read with. And now my iPad is my new glasses because I can just do this. So on my iPad, I am rereading Save the Cat which is a screenwriting book. Huh. Yeah, I'm, I think I'll be switching to iPad-only reading in the near future. <laughs> Strangely, I can read printed books, but I have trouble reading uh, a normal size book on my, my tablet because of the backlight. Um, oh, you switch that over to black and white. It's, it's way better. Mike, do you do that? Or just get a Kindle. Yeah. yeah, I switched the uh, my iPad. I just switched the the writing from white to black and the background, and it, it works way better for me. Yeah, um, but yeah, I haven't read a book book in a while. But uh, uh, every once in a while, I like to go back and read uh, Ishmael by Daniel Quinn is one of my one a good book about uh, this gorilla that teaches man uh, about how everything went wrong when people decided to lock up food. Right. And it just goes on from there about how society changed when man decided to lock up food. I kind of like that premise. I always say that, you know, history doesn't move forward until we realize how to make bread in most countries. So that, that's actually a pretty good premise to look at, too, when we first lock up food. Yeah. All right. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. I guess that brings us over to plugs. Hey, well, yeah. great to plug. well, no 3 to 18 this week? Yeah. A 3 to 18. All right, all right. 3 to 18. Since Pensick is coming up, McGuire's Pub, 3 to 18. Oh. Oh. oh that's a solid 17. Oh, that's a, that's a high score, Tommy. Oh, that steak is so good with that that's that butter that they have all those different. That butter that you shouldn't eat. The honey butter. <laughs> the honey butter. Oh, that and that bread, bread. That brown bread. Oh. And the oh the bean soup for a nickel, bean soup for a nickel. Bring me some bean soup. I'm feeling cropulent. Here's a nickel wench. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with a 17. It is not the greatest meal I've ever had, but damn it, if I don't have a great meal every time I go to McGuire's Pub, <laughs> well, you haven't uh, ordered the burger. <laughs> uh, that, you know what? Uh, that that also just watching somebody order that. Everything burger is worth watching them struggle to figure out how they're going to approach eating that burger. All right. Just a, a quick, quick for those of you, Maguire's Pub is this great, great restaurant down in Pensacola, Florida. We go 
two or three times sometimes when we're down there because it's so good. They have these great steaks, great meal every time. They have a burger called the Everything Burger, which has like six patties, nine different toppings, including ice cream and chocolate. It's disgusting. But someone always thinks they can eat it. <laughs> they always try. Someone always and, tries. Uh, yeah. Josh, three to three to 18, buddy. I like it as a tradition. Uh-huh. As a restaurant, honestly, I, I'm not overwhelmed by the food. Um, Fine, that's fair. It's okay. Uh, the in-house beer is okay. I'll give it a 14. 14 is fine. I'm going to give it a 17 myself because I always enjoy myself there. And partly, it's, I, I know I'm judging it more on I just love it because we always go there. We kiss the moose. Uh, <laughs> we kiss the ass on that uh, the pitcher. You had to kiss everything in the, the restaurant. I like putting a dollar on the ceiling. I like every little stupid thing about the place. Uh, and the steaks for me are about as good as I've ever had. So I'm going to give it a 17. And all that bread. That bread's a 17 at least, Bread's Josh. The, the bread? bread can't uh, eat that bread. Stop trying to kill him. <laughs> Josh can eat the bread now, buddy. <laughs> Josh has, has been working really hard. He's, he's, he's eating some carbs lately. Can he eat a little more carbs now, Josh? I mean, uh, I count calories. It doesn't matter really what they are at this point. I mean, I do watch out for bread and white rice because they are different. That your body processes are different. So, but damn it, that bread is so good. I do love me some bread. Yeah. All right, now we'll go over to plugs. Let's plug Pensacon as long as we're already talking about it. Uh, um, Labor Day, Labor Day Memorial Day weekend, July. No, it's not. It's before it's then. May twenty first. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You're the one going. You don't know when it is? It's May 21st. I better recheck all my tickets and stuff, but yeah. Because yeah, that's like a little over a week. Yeah, it's yeah, the 21st or the 23rd. 21st and 20. Yeah, I'm sure I got it right. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm sure. I better check my tickets. Go on, guys. <laughs> Go on. Uh, I'd well, like to plug geekorthodox.com. Geekorthodox.com? Did I buy tickets for the wrong day? <laughs> geekorthodox.com. Hello, Timmy. Geekorthodox.com prepare fine t-shirts and other geeky things, such as stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, baseball t-shirts, baseball caps, socks, you name it, they got it. Geekorthodox.com. I would like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. And if you're wondering music, what music, I'm watching this on YouTube. It's because we're too lazy to actually insert all our other shit into a video. Uh, So you can go over to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to our podcast if you prefer. We are available everywhere, including Podbean, Verbal, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Play, Google Play, uh, a whole bunch of other places. Uh, If you are one of our new followers, please go over and give us a review because that helps other people follow us. If you uh, are listening to this on a podcast and want to go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe and give us a good rating there, we'd also appreciate it. And thank you to Seymour Butts, 
who is our latest uh, follower over on Podbean. I saw that the other day, and I was like, that's an awesome name. Thank you, Seymour Butts. Josh, do you remember the name that made you crack up so bad while you were doing phone calls for doctor's offices while selling magazines? Uh, the one, Well, there was two guys. One was just caught me by surprise because I didn't realize it until I said it out loud, and it, it was Dr. Harry Bear. And uh, <laughs> the other one was um, Dick Cockburn, Richard Cockburn, a urologist in Florida. <laughs> And uh, I really thought somebody had spoofed me, like put the, like, like snuck the name onto my list, and it wasn't real. So I called, and the lady answers, and I'm like, "Hi, is this, is this Dick Cockburn's office?" And she's like, "Yep." I'm like, "The urologist," and she's like, "Yep." And I'm like, "Oh, sweet destiny!" And she hung up on me. <laughs> uh, I love that name. I just did not see that one coming. I'd also like to plug Downwind Kites at www.downwindkites.com. Go fly a kite this summer and get it at Downwind Kites. Yeah, they got some great kites down there. And if you have any questions about kite or kite flying, uh, the owner of that company is a friend of the podcast, and he'll be happy to answer just about anything. He's got plenty of time on his hands. He does. He does, and he's a nice guy. And he loves talking about kites. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get into the minutia of it, give this guy a call. And if you're one of the many people who got a pet during COVID and has decided to return it to a pet shelter, I'm just kidding, because our listeners aren't dicks. (laughs) I was about to go on a... (laughs) Yeah, don't don't do that, guys. All right, I guess that about wraps it up for us, guys. Everybody good? Everybody feeling great? Yeah. I'm feeling good. Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's like Drunk History, but for comics. Josh, your house. Is that still your sector? Still holding this sector down. Uh, but you're getting out a little bit better. A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. A little second bit. shot you saw in. Your mom a second shot. All right. Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy. Got anything uh, to say? Uh, this podcast is like... Like that feeling you get when you got the second shot in your arm and you know you're on your way to freedom. Freedom! Freedom! And don't forget what I always say. Don't just what you hate. Just just promote what you love. You live longer. Thank you so much for the long box, guys. I would just like to wish everybody a happy anniversary. Uh, we missed it. It was back in April. It was our third year anniversary for having last updated our website. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you've been doing this more than three years, motherfucker. <laughs> I think that's on me. 